0: Money, power, politics, and cuts, colors, and fabrics. Fashion. Fashion is one of the most elusive cultural phenomena. It's all around us. We all follow one fashion trend over another. And even if you're saying that you don't care about what you wear to school or work, you do fashion. Fashion. It's on TV, in the films, the latest YouTube clip, magazines, it's on, on the streets, at work, at home, at school. This is because, as some people believe, including my today's guest, fashion is not just the industry, the brands, fetishism, catwalks, models or exclusive parties for the moneyed. So what is fashion then? Dr. Katarzyna Kociołek, an expert in fashion theory and history, is the best person to direct this question to. Katarzyna Agnieszka Kociołek is an assistant professor at the Institute of English Studies, University of Warsaw. Her research interests include the representation of identities and the visual culture, which incorporates fashion, film, and visual arts. This is ISP the official Institute of English Studies podcast channel. My name is Bartosz Rutostanski. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> Hello, Kasia. How are you?
1: Hi, fine. Thanks. How are you? <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Uh, I uh, i am very thankful for, for, uh, uh, for you agreeing to meet up with me. Uh, because today I would like to discuss a subject thats it's completely beyond me, um which is fashion and uh uh I mean, I do care about what I wear. I mean like I like you know the colors, the fabrics there, you no, know, the style. but is this fashion what I do? Do I do fashion kasha in your opinion? if I just care about my clothes in the morning or not so much?
1: Uh, I think that
2: this is the most fascinating uh, thing about fashion. That uh, basically, um, you do. Uh, everyone is involved in fashion, and even those who claim that they like are not. Everyone,
0: involved. everyone, like like. Each, each I other.
2: I think to be honest, um, and this is the opinion shared by some fashion theorists. Uh, is uh, so. In my opinion, everyone. Uh, literally everyone even those who claim that they are um, ignorant about fashion that they don't care about fashion as long as they wear clothes they are um, mm-hmm. somehow involved in fashion wearing clothes choosing clothes is always a kind of a fashion statement okay so um, I think that even if you believe that you are not very uh, keen on fashion you're not following any uh, special uh, trends, you are, um, you cannot avoid fashion, so to speak. Okay. Right. So um, the, uh, the I in my research, I use this broad definition of fashion, which means everything that people were. Um, so not only the um, catwalk fashion or uh, uh, the latest trends, but all the so-called sartorial practices are mm. within the realm of fashion. And um, I, I uh, strongly believe that the, the way in which people communicate meanings, communicate identities mm. uh, in the widest possible way and um, sort of uh, using the medium that is um, usually available to some uh, extent to, uh, to everyone. Okay. Um, so
0: you're saying that fashion is a, a type of medium, right? That, that it communicates... Um,
2: Because it's so close. There are scholars who like Colin Campbell, who uh, believe that fashion has symbolic meanings, and that actually clothes possess these symbolic meanings. And uh, in that way, they can be uh, read uh, um, and sort
1: of used as a form of communication. Okay, so give me
0: an example of a symbolic meaning of, of fashion. Uh, of i don't know specific type of clothes that subscribe to this fashion um, meaning that um, you are uh, putting forward here
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, I, I'll go back to the past because it's um, also linked to how fashion uh, evolved. And All right, yes, can, yes, of course. Yeah, we can speak about fashion from the, the sort of the modern way of understanding fashion appeared in the 14th century, and, and this was the moment when. Uh, a change of style um, sort of started with the development of the cities and uh, and of trade, uh, as well as with the development of uh, tailored and fitted uh, clothing. So uh, this fitted clothing was in opposition to loose clothing, which in the past, in especially in the ancient times, uh, was associated with high social status. So loose robes for both sexes, uh communicated um, higher status and uh, affluent uh, educated people would wear loose clothing. And oh, okay. this sort of distinction uh, has prevailed, for instance, in ceremonial um, religious clothing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the priests, um, especially um, sort of,
1: um,
2: Catholic priests wearing these loose robes are continuing the mm-hmm. tradition of the symbolic link Uh, between um, uh, the Mm -hmm. um, looseness of the garments and higher uh, status. So also um, fabrics were um, sort of infused with symbolic um, uh, meanings or some um, communicated um, status. So uh, and and this has evolved uh, through the centuries. So in the past, for example, uh, wool uh, would signify lower social status, whereas obviously nowadays with the um, rising costs of producing natural uh, fabrics Uh, wool is associated with uh, again wealth and higher uh, social status these are just some basic examples but uh, in uh, there are many others like uh, uniform has a symbolic meaning sort of the the basic meaning that is communicated by a uniform is a loss of personal identity Mm, in favor of a group identity so this can be applied to uh, this sort of uh, meaning of a uniform can be applied to uh, all sorts of uniforms from uh, the military uniform to a, a medical uniform it always um, means that a person who's wearing a uniform communicates the uh, sort of group identity rather than personal uh, identity. All right. and personal Akasha, This is absolutely
0: fascinating um, I just I have so many ideas just flying through my head right now Um, Just let me catch one of these ideas and ask you about these these symbolic meanings um, um, present in more contemporary cultures. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking of subcultures that subcultures Mm -hmm. uh, sort of emphasise very, very explicitly, the communicative um, dimension of fashion. But where would it put uh, the subcultural codes of clothing in the context also of the uniforms? Because I would sort of uh, kind of uh, imagine that uh, because the subcultural uh, Kind of uh, fashion is so codified um, that it, it reminds one, like me for example, that it is a kind of a uniform. So um, okay, because there are too many things in my uh, in my question here. So first of all, let's let's, let's focus on subcultures and and uh, what kind of symbolic meanings, as examples, uh, would you uh, provide us uh, with here?
2: Um, I I think I'd like to uh, refer to um, Elizabeth Wilson, who's this um, sort of guru on fashion theory here, and she uh, uses the term oppositional dress in relation to um, Any sartorial uh, practice that is um, an expression of, a, of some sort of rebellion. So when we think about subcultures, we usually think about the, the second half of the 20th century, and the uh, sort of the, probably the subculture that comes to most people's minds immediately is the punk subculture, uh, which oh, was yeah, so yeah. widely theorized, for instance, by Dick Hebdige. But oh. it's Elizabeth Wilson who actually notices that. Um, subcultural fashions uh, date back to um, even uh, um, such practices like the aesthetic dress of the 19th century. So when women, uh, rebellious uh, women uh, of the late uh, late 19th century who rejected, for instance, corsets and opted for, for these loose to ex- express their um, liberated femininity and uh, the sort of uh, femininity, femininity that was uh, more um, concentrated on um, expressing individual uh, needs and creativity because usually this uh, aesthetic dress was associated with uh, uh, women or these dresses were actually worn by the arts and crafts uh, uh, women who uh, were... Uh, creative uh, literally uh, sort of uh, within literature and uh, and the fine arts so um, in this case uh, this sort of subculture uh, of the aesthetic dress was a manifestation of uh, of this uh, liberated femininity and uh, feminine uh, creativity uh, also the the uh, subculture is of flappers uh, was uh, associated or is associated with this opposite the practice of the oppositional dress and these flappers were uh, the women who again rejected the traditional uh, mm, way of being a woman uh in terms of uh adopting specific feminine styles so the silhouette became uh much sort of simpler uh the dresses were obviously shorter and Mm, did not accentuate the uh the parts of the body uh that would be um uh, accentuated in earlier styles such as uh, breasts and hips. So uh, the flapper is uh, is again this subculture that uh, manifested uh, through clothing, uh, it manifested liberated femininity and femininity that was in a way rebellious in relation to uh, the earlier uh, styles and the earlier uh, trends. Um, also I wanted to accentuate and this um, uh perhaps uh shows also the political role of uh of subcultural styles uh because the, the suffragettes the the um first wave of uh uh of feminists who were fighting for uh the right to vote they also used fashion in order to uh consolidate uh their strong um uh, independent identities and they used fashion in a uh, in a very um, sort of creative way uh, that is uh, they would for instance adopt a specific color scheme and I'm talking here about the uh, W.S.P.U. Uh, and uh, uh, mm, the the uh, Emmeline Pankhurst and her uh, followers so uh, they would wear, for instance white uh, dresses and white coats in order to stand out from, uh, from the crowd of um, darkly clad uh, men uh, who yeah, were yeah. dominating the public sphere. Uh, and this was this uh, form of uh, sartorial uh, rebellion. Um, and uh, finally, uh, also, Punk's uh, style can be viewed as rebellious in a sense that it. Um, obviously um turned upside down all the norms uh, the yeah. sartorial uh norms that dominated in the society and they practiced the aesthetics of ugliness hmm. uh, which was uh, so difficult to uh, accept for the mainstream society but which later obviously became incorporated into the mainstream, the mainstream yeah. society yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. oh great um if we may uh just uh, very briefly um very briefly before we uh, unfortunately uh, finish this uh, amazing discussion, uh, I would like to very briefly uh, discuss the, uh, the theme that sort of um, um, that came up um, at, at the beginning of our conversation and uh, namely the, the fashion um, as, a, as a concept um, representing the elite. Uh, the um, a specific high social status um, and I'm, I'm just I'm just uh, holding in my hand uh, a, a book by Dejan Sujic, the language of things and in like in, in his uh, in his chapter on, on fashion he really f- much focuses on the on fashion's power over a public audience. And how it, how how fashion, we um, yeah, without our kind of understanding and consciousness, sort of molds how we live our lives. Um, how, in, in in your view, as an expert, um, how if if it does, how does it happen? How does the fashion exert influence on? Everyday people, like you no know, the, the the bread eaters as as we are, uh, or maybe it's uh, it's a false claim that Sujic is is making in this chapter. How how, how do you feel about um, it?
1: I think there are many uh, sort of strands in this uh, question. and I'm sorry um, about <laughs> it. Yeah.
0: It's really it's yeah, kind of rambling question. Again, I'm I'm, I'm sorry.
1: Uh, i uh, it, it's a, it's a very interesting question and um uh, you've mentioned the theme of the elite fashion and uh i was wondering um, yeah
0: I, I mean the whole kind of industry the, the the catwalks the models like the big money these big names like you know like uh, Ralph lauren gucci you know mm-hmm. these sort of things right um, things mm-hmm. but people that, the the brands right um and uh, how, how powerful really are they, in in, in your view, that, that, that's what I'm kind of asking for here. I think.
1: Uh, yeah. So first, I'd like to say uh, a few words about what it means this elite fashion and the sort of um, uh, and to uh, perhaps comment briefly on the aesthetics of the elite fashion. Great. So uh, those. Uh, changed uh, radically, uh, has been changing radically, and sort of evolved towards uh, the aesthetics of uh, less is more. Uh, that is, uh, I'm, I'm comparing the, the sort of development of the 20th century and the 21st century with what was uh, in the uh, 18th and 19th century. So uh, in the 18th century, uh, there was the so-called the great masculine renunciation uh, in fashion, which meant that men's styles became increasingly simplified, uh, which gradually led to the uh, um, evolution of the men's suit. And it's interesting to see that the men's suit uh, has not changed that much over the decades or even the two centuries, uh, from the 19th century to the 20th century. Uh, whereas women's fashion has been changing uh, quite substantially. And this shows the, um, in my opinion, this shows the power imbalance, right? Because men did not have to fight for power, uh, so their situation sort of uh, was um, stable, whereas women's fashion and the changes in women's fashion reflect uh, the, this uh, fighting for uh, for power and for positions in the Western society. The designers, the fashion designers have been basically responding to this uh, Simplification, gradual simplification of women's fashion as well, uh-huh. right? And also, uh, many fashion designers would incorporate uh, some um, uh, influences or some styles from the past. And uh, I think the, the um, very interesting experiments are the ones that are um, introduced by uh, Vivian Westwood, uh, who... Uh, starting as a as a mother of punk, uh, uh later in her designs would actually refer back or use the um, uh, the, the um, styles um, of uh, of the nineteenth century and uh, and uh, reintroduce, for instance, crinoline and hmm. corset. So uh these were obviously with different uh, used with different uh, connotations and they were um incorporated into the uh, designs to rather accentuate some form of rebellion uh against this traditional uh oppressive notion of femininity. Okay. Uh but nevertheless they are um, they were sort of an interesting um uh referencing of the uh historical uh styles and fashion i see uh what the uh contemporary designers are primarily concerned with now uh is i think the uh climate change and again this is something that vivian westwood is very concerned about but also stella mccartney uh the daughter of uh, paul Maca- uh, mccartney uh is uh Developing uh, eco-friendly uh, fashion, and uh, they are um, basically uh, trying. Uh, some some designers are trying to obviously counter this negative view of the fashion industry that yeah, was yeah, uh, uh, discussed uh, in detail by um, Angela McCrobi, uh who uh, comments on the fact that. Um, that is a huge element of exploitation within the fashion industry, and that is this division between or separation of production from design. So, the clothes that are designed in affluent Western countries are produced in the uh, poor countries uh, in Asia and mm-hmm. in, in some sweatshops. So, uh, obviously, the, uh, the the fashion industry has to um, somehow respond to these negative images associated with uh, mass-produced fashion oh, yeah. uh, and many brands are uh, accentuating uh, for instance uh, the, the already mentioned Stella McCartney uh, has launched uh, m- various projects that are meant to be more uh, climate friendly uh, from um, eco-friendly uh, fabrics to some uh, uh, uh basically of using sustainable and recyclable um packaging etc so and the and the production process is also made more uh eco-friendly so um uh, in that way i think we as consumers of fashion can also make some choices and i've also noticed that there are many um many people who are uh, campaigning for the use of uh secondhand clothing uh which in the sort of uh, younger generation is uh, has a definitely uh an, or entirely different connotations that, uh, than the secondhand clothing had in the past so uh, it is the new status symbol I would say to use Second hand, buy second hand uh, rather than new. Oh clothing. yes, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I think there's like a new uh, sort of a movement. I uh, it's very easy for me to notice, uh, especially in the streets of of Warsaw, young people uh, whose clothes have a clear second hand yeah. uh, origin mm-hmm. uh, origins, and um, I, I think there's like kind of a kind of a fashion for mm-hmm. second hand fashion. Um, which is uh, well, as you as, as you were saying, sort of kind of tying in with this whole, um, with, the whole with this with this whole environmental issues um, 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 dilemma that the big industry is facing uh, as well. Um, okay, gosh, I, I think we need to finish. I'm afraid. I'm really, really sorry about it. Um, I just want to sort of um, finish um, our our, our uh, fascinating uh, conversation by asking you for book recommendations. Like, uh, which books would you would you uh, recommend as kind of uh, starters for people who would like to delve into the subject of fashion a little bit more than you no know, normally. Uh,
1: a bit of. Self-promoting is allowed.
0: <laughs> of course, Kasha. it's always it's always um, welcome.
1: I, I just actually uh, in twenty twenty I published the book uh, and I dress as metaphor: British female fashion and social change in the twentieth century. And I think this is a very basic sort of this. This is an introduction to the vast areas of the vast area of topics that can be um discussed but uh, i think it also points uh the link between uh fashion and politics and fashion and society and especially uh accentuates the importance of fashion for uh women's identity so um uh, no but uh, apart from that i think the um a great book about people who want to uh, uh, know more about fashion is the uh, anthology, actually, uh, an anthology of texts by uh, Malcolm Bernard, uh, and this is entitled Fashion Theory. And this is a a substantial book that covers um, a sort of, uh, in a comprehensive way, a a lot of topics um, which um, are obviously linked with fashion, but maybe, are not always associated with fashion such as ethnicity, uh, gender, um, power, uh, and, uh, and uh, many others. Um, uh, this is also the book that uh, discusses fashion as a form of uh, communication and uh, uh, and the importance of the <clears throat> production and consumption of fashion. So I think this is the sort of uh, the the key work that anybody oh, who's uh, interested great. in uh, sort of more seriously interested in uh, in fashion should, All right. uh definitely read. Okay, <laughs> so
0: we've got we've got the, the, the two go-to books. Thank you. Um, okay. Um, also, uh, uh, for people who are into this subject, uh, uh, Kasha, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you are or you will be teaching a course on the evolution of fashion um, next academic year. Is that right?
1: Yeah, um, this is a course that has been running for uh, a couple of years now. All right, and, great. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, the, the every uh, winter uh, term uh, I, I teach a course on the twentieth century uh, fashion in Britain, and uh, in this course I. Uh, Show how the changes uh, in the society were reflected in uh, the tutorial uh, practices.
0: Mm, Amazing.
1: So it's kind of a history and fashion uh, mixture, of course.
0: Great, great. Sounds sounds really appealing. Uh, I might want to enroll on that course myself.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank
0: you, (laughs) Kasia. Again, uh, very, very, uh, I'm very grateful. Thanks. That was great. Brilliant. Yes. Have a good day, Kasia. Bye bye. Bye bye. And, sadly, that's it. Um, My thanks uh, to Vržna Kočovac for a fascinating talk. Her latest book, Dress as a Meta for British Female Fashion and Social Change in the 20th Century, is available from Peter Lang. Uh, It was published last year, so just look around on the internet um, if you're interested in the subject. Um, My thanks also go to Robert Zmieriewski for helping out with technical matters. And uh, thank you for listening. Take care. Bye-bye.